Hello, and welcome to another edition of Ask the Professor, a crowd-funded, crowd-driven feature where we respond to your questions and comments on culture, on military matters, on history, on political philosophy, on all those things that matter to us in our life together as citizens. And today's question comes from Alan, and he says, the Meech Lake Accord was the first attempt to amend the Constitution after its repatriation and amendment in 1982. It was a policy disaster. It helped contribute to the rout of the Progressive Conservatives, reduced to two seats in the 1993 election. And it's probably one reason why Stephen Harper was reluctant to reopen the constitutional question to try to fix up the Senate. So he says, what are the lessons from the failure of Meech Lake? And I'm delighted to be asked that question. It's my kind of question, for better or worse. I did a whole documentary on fixing the Canadian Constitution that in some sense is an implicit answer to it. But here's the short version. Meech Lake failed because it was unprincipled. It was not a comprehensive and comprehensible revision of our fundamental law based on a clear understanding of the proper relationship of citizens to the state. It was instead a backroom deal full of special treatment for special interest groups. And particularly given Brian Mulroney's reputation in that direction, it was fatal to his party. Well, a lot of things contributed, but it certainly didn't help because it cemented their image as uninterested in the average citizen. Which in a very real sense, and I don't mean to be too unkind to Mr. Mulroney, but it's true, they were uninterested in the average citizen. They did not approach the task of constitutional writing from the perspective, what are the rights of human beings? What are their inherent rights just because they're human? And how does our fundamental law fall short of that? How might it be revised or indeed scrapped and replaced in order that we should have a constitution that effectively safeguards the dignity of the individual in practice? that gives the state the powers it needs to govern justly, to protect life, liberty, and property, but denies it the ability to infringe on those rights and to become destructive of the very ends for which, as John Locke might put it, people entered into civil society. Now, our constitutional documentary, which is produced in 2016, does what Mulroney, fatally speaking, politically did not do. It says, what are the rights of man? Why do we have governments? What legitimate powers may they derive from the consent of the governed? What can they not do properly, even if a majority of people say they can do it? I mean, in practice, you know, you can't stop a government from obeying the will of the majority, especially not if your constitution is sloppily written. But we would all say it is wrong to enslave people. It doesn't matter if a majority say one particular group should be enslaved, it's still wrong. And we want a constitution that says you cannot have slavery. If the people go completely insane, they'll amend the constitution, and it'll all fall apart. But one of the purposes of a constitution, it stands above ordinary law, forcing people to stop and think long and hard about whether they really want to do something and whether they really want to do it in a particular way. There's a famous story of a woman coming before Philip of Macedon, who, as people were in those days, the people at the top of the government controlled everything without checks or balances, so he's judge, jury, and executioner. He's the head of the Supreme Court on top of everything else. and. Uh, she makes her case, and he, having been hitting the bottle pretty hard, rules against her, and she's outraged. She says, I shall appeal. He looks at her blurrily and says, appeal? Appeal to who? And she says, I shall appeal from Philip drunk to Philip sober. And a constitution is an appeal from the people drunk to the people sober about fundamental rights. 
It's not a patched together deal to cope with particular political expedience. And if it is, as Meech Lake was, it looks like a constitution that protects the elite from the people, not the people from the elite. That is what was fundamentally wrong with Meech Lake. It was far too caught up in the particular concerns of the day. I mean, if you look at Magna Carta, there are clauses in Magna Carta that are very particular, ordering King John to get rid of certain named evil advisors. Well, obviously, 400 years later, that's not a problem. They've died. But Magna Carta, broadly speaking, lays out the fundamental rights of English people. And it insists that the government shall respect those rights, and Parliament evolves to see to it that it does. Magna Carta already requires the common consent of the kingdom for taxation. Parliament's just a working out of the practicalities there. So, the failure of Meech Lake, the failure of virtually every attempt to amend the Constitution, and indeed, the main flaw in the 82 Constitution is a failure to rely on first principles. The 82 Constitution is muddled. Everything since has been duct taped together. We should fix our Constitution. We should get rid, not so much of the notwithstanding clauses, the huge loophole in Section 1 that says that judges can disregard our rights if they happen to think it's a good idea. We need to get rid of the collective rights. We need to return to limited government based upon the dignity and protected space of the individual. If you think this is an important topic, please do watch the documentary. If you like Ask the Professor, remember we are crowd-driven. We need your questions and comments. This URL tells you how to submit them. And we're also dependent upon you for financial support. So click here and become a one-time or regular sponsor of Ask the Professor and all my other work. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you next time.